is good food? This series will crack open that massive question and put it back together again using anthropology, geography, history, politics, economics and other delicious disciplines. Have your ears caressed and your taste buds tingled for the next 20 minutes. Once again on this podcast we're going to join with two people speaking from across the globe. We're joined by Leo Pang in Hong Kong and Mingse Hung, who is in Edinburgh. Leo Pang is a PhD candidate at SOAS. His research is on small organic farms, farmers markets, and the farmers market organizers in Shanghai. In his thesis, Leo examines the issues facing the farmers in the marketplace and their relationships with the consumers and collaborators in the farmers markets, such as marketeers and environmental activists. Leo shows how these differences between the different parties reflect different ideas about China's modernization and the relationship between producers and consumers in China. Min Se-hung is a PhD candidate in the School of Social and Political Science at the University of Edinburgh. His dissertation focuses on the problematization of food and how it contributes to the development of food education in Taiwan. By examining the proposed bills, local projects and news reports of food education, his research aims to explore the disciplinary and governmental aspects. So, morning, Mingxi. Um, morning. How are you doing? Yeah, great. How about you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. So, with this, we've got a really big question first up, and the big question yeah. is the idea of what is good food. And um, so, I want to ask you, what is good food in in relation to your research? Right, so in the data collected, there is a link between uh, natural and real and good as well. And on the, uh, on the other hand, you have the artificial, fake and bad. So uh, in my research, good food is real, natural and without uh, anything artificial, uh, which means no uh, preservatives, no flavorings or uh, colorants, and it should be unprocessed, which means it's relatively raw. So in Taiwan, it's generally accepted that industrial food is fake because it is not natural and also unhealthy. For example, um, there is a quite popular health magazine, uh, Common Health. Uh, it gives real food two definitions. The first one means there are natural fresh food that may spoil, such as fish, uh, meat, and eggs. Those you have to uh, put them in fridges, but not in the middle of a supermarket. And the second definition is that these foods are produced and consumed in the traditional way. So it's because the highly processed food product with the longer shelf life are usually displaced on the middle shelves. So unlike the processed food, real food is something delicate and should be consumed in a short period of time before it rots. For example, there's a food writer says that if you want to see uh, if, a, if a bread is real, the simplest way is to leave it at room temperature. If the bread gets dry and cracked the next day, it means it's natural and hence real. Because good, food, uh, good bread gets stale every minute, and if it can remain soft for uh, a quite long time, 
there must be some kind of additive in it. And this discussion about real food was triggered by a series of food safety scandals mm -hmm. since 2008. Uh, there have been three major ones in Taiwan. So in 2011, uh, there's abuse of DHP in drinks. It is an industrial uh, chemical used mainly for making plastic soft and flexible. And in 2013, we have uh, a the health authorities found that modified starch, which is a widely used food additive to enhance food texture, it contained an industrial material mainly used to produce pesticides. And in 2014, uh, we found hundreds of tons of adulterated cooking oil, uh, often referred to as gutter oil, were uh, produced and distributed to more than a thousand restaurants and schools. So this oil was waste oil collected from restaurant fryers, drains, or grease traps, and then filtered, refined, and mixed with normal cooking oil to make it cheaper. So these scandals were uh, all resulted from the contamination of illegal additives or ingredients in the food materials, and they affected the whole food production chain. And it's getting more and more difficult for the public to know what they consume on a daily basis. So suddenly, what we eat became a quite serious question to think about. And the, the, the scandals raise a general doubt about edibility of everything. So no matter what you eat, when, where you consume, it's always potentially inedible and fake. So after this uh, repeatedly occurring food safety crisis uh, resulted from the contamination of illegal additives, some experts warned that uh, Taiwan's food problem cannot be rooted out unless people start being given the right knowledge about food. And they called for a food education to be implemented to enhance our understanding of what we eat. So now Taiwan is trying to uh, legislate food education, and many local uh, education projects are already launched across Taiwan. Oh, great. Um, so basically, the issue of food safety is also a very big issue in my research about small organic farmers in Shanghai. And in that instance, um, good food is also felt to be food that is produced in a traditional way, in a sense, without synthetic agricultural inputs like pesticides and herbicides. And similarly to um, your bread example, they can tell, the farmers believe that you can tell what good food is based on looking for, for um, signs such as insect bite marks to prove that there haven't been pesticides or herbicides in the, used to um, grow the food. So that idea of natural really speaks to and resonates with my research as well. While some people feel that you know dirt is dangerous in food, the farmers feel that dirt from the ground is not as dangerous as chemical additives or right. inputs. So in many ways, I feel that you and I, our research is quite similar because China has always food safety issues and it's also reflected in the desire for organic produce. Why is our research important for people to understand what good food is? 
uh, I think my research is important for understanding what is good food because it illustrates the complexity of the construction of this idea, good or bad, uh, real or fake, uh, because it's only possible when certain knowledge is produced and applied. And it's critical to note that good does not necessarily refer to a certain quality uh, or qualities of food. So good or bad is based on your understanding of it and the knowledge you have. And instead of what I think a more, uh, a more fundamental question to me is how? How do we know food and why it's good or why it's bad? According to what kind of rule or standard or knowledge? Uh, for example, I try to point out the difference between nutrition education and food education. Uh, there are quite two quite different ways of thinking and knowing food, and the definitions of good food differ. Uh, very generally speaking, for nutrition education, you know food by learning. The dietitians and other professionals teach you what to eat because of certain health benefits or because of certain health issues uh, can be addressed by eating certain food. But for food education, you are expected to know food by exploring yourself to uh, achieve an overall experience of it. So it's not enough to just, you know, uh, know about calories, uh, food groups, or dietary guide. More importantly, you have to experience uh, food as much as possible. Uh, there's one food education studio in Taiwan says, it's necessary to include all aspects of food experience, from the preparation to cooking to testing. In this way, you get to know what is real food. And because food education is not to teach a skill, uh, it, it's about to develop your ability to interact with food. And this idea is also mentioned in one local government's food education proposal uh, I analyzed. Uh, it says that uh, uh, the food education uh, project should be able to activate students' ability to observe, to smell, hear, touch, to experience the original look, texture, and taste of food. And my research is trying to point out that uh, there can be multiple definitions of real, uh, real and, of course, uh, good food. I think that's a I think that's a really good segue into some of my research because um, as as much as there's a definition among the farmers of what good food is and good food being safe food, there are also different criteria and different critiques of organic food that speak to different understandings of good food in the general public. So. For example, um, some people might feel that organic food is too expensive. So, so for instance, the um, produce that my farmers sell at the farmers markets can be up to seven and a half times more expensive than conventional produce. For example, 500 grams of spinach at a conventional market in China is 20 pence, whereas the same 500 grams of organic spinach in a farmer's market is one pound 50. Right. But people would complain about 
how expensive that price is, expect good food to be also affordable, as well as having no chemical additives and no chemical inputs. And secondly, at the farmer's market, the farmers usually make claims about their produce being grown without synthetic inputs, but they don't have certification. So there's a lot of skepticism among consumers or potential customers who pass by about the claims that farmers are making. And some people feel that certified organic produce is more reliable or more trustworthy, I should say, than what the farmers, than the farmers produce. But also there are consumers who are weary of certification labels because those labels can be falsified. And there have been certification scandals, for example, in 2013, in 2011, I should say, um, uh -huh. Walmart in China was forced to close down 13 of their stores because organic pork that was labeled certified organic that they were selling was actually not found to be not certified organic. The idea here is that good food has to be trustworthy. It has to be certified to some people, as far as some people are concerned. Thirdly, some people feel that good food should taste of itself. And this is a, a point that you were speaking earlier about, you know, not having additives and right. good food being natural and the idea of real food that you talk about, Ming. So, yeah. for example, one of the regular customers of a farmer's market, she would shop at a farmer's market because she felt that the farmer's produce tasted of itself. So she didn't have to add too many seasonings and too many flavor enhancing agents to the food when she was cooking at home. And the reason for that is because her husband was recovering from cancer, or I should say her husband's cancer was in remission. So she wanted to cut out all these additives to the food that she was preparing at home. So I think that really speaks to your idea of what real food is. And, and another aspect I feel that our research has in common is that when you talk about the knowledge of what good food is and knowing food, one of the ways that farmers try to, one of the ways that farmers have of gaining the trust of consumers of a farmer's market is by encouraging potential consumers to visit their farms. So they'll often have, you know, a map of where the farm is and they'll hand it out to, to consumers and tell consumers to come and visit to see how the produce is grown on the farm and maybe have a meal based on freshly harvested produce. Uh -huh. So that's sort of like a way of knowing how the food is grown, also tasting the difference in the food. Yeah, it's also an aspect to experience with. Right? when you eat good food and what happens when you eat bad food. The organic farmers and their customers believe that eating organic food helps to treat illnesses such as cancer. For example, a farmer told me that one of her relatives was treating her father's cancer by consuming organic food. And the same farmer also said that eating organic food helped to treat her back pain. And on the flip side, when you eat bad food, food that's been grown with a lot of synthetic inputs, many people feel that the consumption of these foods can be hazardous to their health, causing them to contract illnesses such as cancer. On the flip side, I mean, 
that the customer I was talking about in the previous question, I mean, she was talking about how consuming organic food also allowed her to keep additives out of her diet, which helped with her husband's cancer. Yeah, I think this question is quite difficult for me to answer because uh, there is really no certain answer to it. For example, um, in Taiwan, MSG uh, monosodium glutamate, it, it, it has been widely used as a flavor enhancing food additive. And in the, uh, in the 80s or 90s, nutrition scientists uh, appealed to the public to reduce the cons consumption of MSG and claimed it caused cancers, allergies, and other diseases. The, the most famous one is Chinese restaurant syndrome. Uh, this name came from a letter published in a medical journal in 1968. So the claimed that he had experienced a strange syndrome whenever he had eaten out in a, a Chinese restaurant. So those symptoms include numbness at the back or uh, or the neck, uh, general weakness, and so on. Uh, so the journal gave the letter uh, a heading, Chinese restaurant syndrome. And after that, there were several reports of serious reactions to Chinese food across the United States. And more and more people saw MSG as uh, the cause of these symptoms. This discussion was then introduced to Taiwan so now many people believe MSG is a chemical ingredient that is harmful to health, causing cancers or other health issues. And now you, you can see a lot of restaurants put signs saying uh, no MSG on our dishes outside to reassure their customers and convince them that they only serve natural and healthy food. But it is exactly the opposite in the 1920s. Back at that time, using MSG was considered uh, as a more advanced way of cooking. It's a symbol of culture and civilization. Also, people in general, people believed uh, it is beneficial to your health, especially your brain. So you can, uh, there, there were some newspapers saying that scientists proved that MSG can tonify your brain because Monosodium glutamate is the nutrients your brain needs to function. So that's time some parents would actually feed their children a small spoon of MSG every day just to improve their performance at school. Also, instead of saying no MSG on our dishes, food vendors and diners, they display the MSG boxes outside to show their customers that they provide better quality food. So it's not always clear what is good or bad. Final question. How can we use the perspectives from gained from our research on good food in um, our daily lives? So to me, our research demonstrates the potential hazards of industrialization and an ever-lengthening food supply chain. So in order to avoid these hazards, people should take the time to prepare raw ingredients from scratch as opposed to resorting to ready-made or processed foods or eating out frequently in establishments where the origins of ingredients is dubious. So what do you think, Ming? Yeah, for me, I think real or uh, good is more about the relationship we have with food. 
some said that there is no bad food, but only bad eating habits. And I think it, it is quite the same with the ways we know and interact with our food. The dangers of uh, commodification of food are not uh, only the result. It's not just about the unhealthy food products that are produced and promoted, but also the, the, com uh, the context of food production that has been taken away from us. So we don't know uh, where our food came from. We don't know how it's produced. And there's a survey conducted by a food education NGO in Taiwan saying that over 20 or 30% of elementary school students are incapable of telling natural juice from uh, fruitless artificial juice drinks. And they think the, the real, the natural one is spoiled and the artificial flavor one is fresh. So um, what I see valuable in food education is not the conclusion about what is real food or what is good food. It is the idea that you should develop your own understanding of food that matters. And in our daily lives, I think it's not that difficult to try different foods to learn about what you eat and maybe to cook for yourself or uh, grow your vegetables. I think it, it, it can certainly make a difference and uh, gives you a clear understanding of what you eat and how you should uh, interact with food and the environment. For me, it's, um, it's a matter of knowing what good food is and opening one's mind to gain that knowledge. So knowing how the food is produced, taking time to visit farms, to know the farmer, to know their growing practices, and also knowing what makes it delicious, what makes organic produce delicious, what makes unprocessed food delicious, what makes um, fruit juice that doesn't have additives delicious, and also what makes additives to food hazardous to your health. So being willing to taste and eat produce that doesn't have flavor additives or buying produce that doesn't have as long a shelf life. Tune in again next time for uh, our next podcast in the series, What is Good Food? 